Hey Ben, this was a this was a great idea going uh, going to the Cartoni Awards. I'm really excited. Yeah, I know. Look at the right. Oh, excuse me, a little girl. I'm gonna give her my autograph real quick, and <laughs> throw a little egg humor in there. Perfect. Looks Those great. classes really paid off. Yeah, I hope we get to see some uh, cartoon celebrities. Oh wow! Look, people are already starting to show up. Well, not people, but look at that. It's Odie from Garfield and Friends. Oh no way! Look, it's Droopy. Oh, what a Droopy classic. Dog? Man, and that that scowl just as thick and and pustulant as ever. Mm. I I I think I hear some 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 techno rem. No, okay, never mind. It's uh, it's just Goddard. Goddard's walking up the walking up the red carpet right now. Man, oh my God! Whew. Keep keep your eyes sharp. I think that's Gromit. No way, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is. I thought he was a billboard. Wait a second, man. Ben, have you know have you noticed something about all of these um celebrity cartoons? Oh man. Well, uh, I mean, for the, the really famous. I mean, if you look over there, it's Scooby and Scrappy Doo. I mean, that is really awesome. But what was the address? Is this the right place? What? Yeah, I, th- I think let, so. Let, let, let me said... see. Let me see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ben, don't, don't, don't eat that. I don't think those are biscuits. Huh? Of course they are. Uh, yeah, it's made with real tuna and gravy. Oh. Ugh. This is a good, uh, good venue they picked out. You know, it's a wide open park. You know, a lot of people do award shows in a crowded amphitheater. That's a good place for a bomb, if you ask me. But sun is out. Wouldn't lots of fresh smells? Wouldn't you expect? Oh, they're smelling each other even. Wouldn't you expect like some more human characters at the Cartoni Awards? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the dog characters, but did you did you bring us to a dog show? No, I no, I don't think so. I mean, no, check it out. Like, uh, we got uh, uh, well, not don't look in that direction. It's just two stupid dogs. Uh, well, how? No, okay, that's that's Brain and Brian respectively. Um, Ben, yeah, I no, I I th- I think we're at a dog show. I don't think we are. Look at that. There, there's that old uh, that big old woman over. Oh no, but that's just Muriel. Just carrying courage and just getting spooked by all the bigger dogs, especially Bronx. Well, let's just oh. go in. We're going to be late. All right. Well, you got to hunch down. This door is really small and it's set into a bigger door. Yeah. Tough competition in here, but I, I tell you what, once we get out of here, once if you can win best in show, we'll go for a ride in the car. Ooh. All right. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the first annual Cartoni Awards. This is Ben and Zane. Or, my name is Ben. Hello, Ben. And my name is Zane. It's a good ship lollipop. I'm the sweetest thing on it. Oh, yeah. Gabe, for no reason, is half a robot. (laughs) He could be on The Bachelor tonight. I am King Arthur. I'm a real ball of gentleman. (laughs) And And we we are the Knights of Justice. Old cartoons are reviewed by... Me, whose name is Ben. You might be a villain. <laughs> and me, whose name is Zane. <laughs> Alright, I expected more resistance on your part, but let's go. Let's introduce our show. That's a good idea. <laughs> so that we can talk about your show. This looks like horse shit. 
so that we can talk about this show. Yeah, I really love how shit got done in old cartoons. <laughs> Safari Joe does it again. That's the yeah. whole joke, and we That's made it into two minutes. <laughs> Hooked on a feeling. If your monologue takes long enough for someone to untie themselves... I wish I could put this hit out on Fievel, but there's no way I can do it on this, the day of my own wedding. <laughs> it's very much a blunderbuss wedding. If you hate a person... Go stab him. Well, four children watch. <laughs> and crickets. You got a couple burgers lay on this round table here? Yeah, mice burgers. For the love of tennis. We, like, <laughs> Calm down. already talked about this. <laughs> We've been over this. I, I was on a cliff, and I had a choice between reaching for a cliche... <laughs> or reaching for a binary choice. A combination of Gundam. A seizure um, of Gundam. <laughs> I just have one rule here, Dorothy. That 70s show spanking compilation? Bang. Hey, Yikus, look at that small dick you got. Look at my massive dick, it. shit lords. Deedly, deedly. Slick as his rib for your pleasure. If you know what I <laughs> if mean. If you know what I mean. And you don't. <laughs> because it's not a phrase. Do not put the horse before the cart, uh, my friend. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put the horse wherever I feel like. Because it's more baller that way. I'm the greatest <laughs> motherfucker that ever lived. <laughs> Look at my biceps. I'm a sick boy. Your gun rack has a laser rifle on it. <laughs> I want to prove that my laser rifle is the best laser rifle. Oh shit, Safari Joe does it again. <laughs> Did I mention that these moles are all wearing blue jeans? Because they think they're better than you. No amount of training or study is going to get me to the point where I understand what this is. Also, um, I'm probably going to edit some of the important stuff out. I will, Mr. President. Santa. Santa. But then there's this third part, which is this interspecies horn dog. So I actually was trying to dive a little bit farther into this pig. Metaphor! <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, Hampton's a pig. Get on the blunderbuss. <laughs> That's not a school. That's Burning Man. You know that guy who dresses up in question marks and tries to get you free money from the government? That's a good idea. I'm actually sitting on my thinking toilet. Man, I feel dumb. I feel like we're doing a lot of shows where I just need to collect myself halfway through talking about it. <laughs> There's a huge list of shows that include spanking. Zane. But none of them have it in the title. If you are in a building in one second and then on a giant robot in the next second, what transition are you going to make that will make you feel okay about that transition? <laughs> I like when Safari Joe did it again, <laughs> or had been doing it again. <laughs> that sentence sounded great. It's an age of the people. It's a sign of the time. <laughs> My God, this is a shitty episode. Uh, welcome, Zane, <laughs> and welcome, Ben. Yes, yes, please, please save your applause for later, dear invited guests. Yes, yeah, as course. you said, this is our first annual Cartoni Awards, and Zane, let's go ahead and. Shake our respective non-existent hands for doing this for a full year. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. yeah. How do we, we churn that one out? It was 20 years ago today. Is this Sergeant Pepper? That in... Was he a dog? <laughs> Wasn't Sergeant Pepper a dog? Uh, Knight's Scroft Squire Maldoon was a dog. We've talked about this before, I think. We have. <laughs> All right, everyone. Remember our in-jokes? <laughs> They're back. They're back. And in fact, that's all we'll be talking about today, because Ben and I have each come up uh, with categories and nominations. Too fast. Too fast. You're too fast. Set the stage. Set the stage and then walk up onto it. Flash a little leg. dog's crapped on the stage. That's part of, you know, it's audience participation. Down. So, listen, audience. We got to level with you for a minute. We got to level with you for a minute. We're the Carton cast. We watch old cartoons and then tell you enforce upon you our opinions on what we think of them 
You're not allowed to have your own opinions. You are, of in course, fact, allowed to have your own opinions. In fact, we are judging about how great our opinions are in this episode, wherein we rank our favorite cartoons and episodes that we've done from the past year. It is absolutely masturbatory. We're circle jerking this one. There's like <laughs> nothing. There's nothing you guys are going to get from this. It's not um, a circle. There's just the two of us. <laughs> we're holding hands. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, all these uh, dogs. <laughs> dogs love hands. I'm going to need to get my skin dry cleaned. <laughs> the, so, yeah. Normally, you guys get useless opinions. This time, you're getting repetition of useless opinions. So, this is really just us having fun, but that doesn't distinguish it from the past year in any way. We're enjoying our own company. We're breaking down some of our favorite things in the past year. And if you care to, you know, follow along, mark off on your bingo scorecard for a chance to get a, <laughs> you know, a gift certificate at, uh, what's got eggs? Denny's. Yes. Proud then... sponsor of the Carton cast. <laughs> Denny's. Denny's. By which I mean... That one guy named Denny. Yes. <laughs> I actually have a friend named Denny. Do you hate him? No, he's great. I hate him. Sorry, Denny. <laughs> Them's the brakes. <laughs> this year's scapegoat is Denny. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Denny. You're the reason we didn't get Tasmania off the floor. Does he uh, count as a dog? He doesn't. I think Dino from uh, Flintstones does. I didn't get a chance to break out Hong Kong Fooey. Oh, uh, damn shame. I was I was really looking or Mr. Peabody. I thought Sherman was the dog. What? Nuh uh. Mr. Peabody's the dog. Sherman was the pet. Mr. Peabody's the dog. Yeah, but, but he had a pet human. Affords, he's the one who affords the honorific in front of his name. We know too many cartoons. <laughs> Incorrect. We're going to learn even more of them, but this is to purge the bitter bile of yesteryear. Let's get rid of all of the cartoons. We're, we're wiping our hard drive. We're backing it up, putting it in the corner. To start this new year, it's, it's a bit like uh, the new year or Yom Kippur. Incorrect. Or our Jewish viewers where we purge the feelings we had from last year and we start anew pretty sure that's the other one but yes Rosh Hashanah. anyhow <laughs> um we have prepared for you a baker's dozen of categories we we made 13 of them just for that joke if you didn't laugh you should feel bad zane worked real hard on it <laughs> i feel like at this point we should feel bad yeah because we worked hard on it <laughs> <laughs> we didn't work that hard on it. We worked harder than we needed to, which is at all. Right. Good for us. And if you want to work hard, uh, feel free to write us in after the show and let us know how wrong we are. Yeah, yeah. We would love to know. Although, you know, it, it's it's been a thing in uh, my my first year of grad school and interacting with my own generation in general that I've never found a person who is more knowledgeable about cartoons than I am, and I can attribute it mostly to this show. But I think also, like, we're just better at reading between the lines in something that seems so innocent on the surface. I agree. We we go where everyone else dares not touch. <laughs> or does not care to touch because it is probably not as interesting as we're making it. Sure. Well, without further ado... This is how it's going to break down. We are going to say to our partner, my partner is Zane. My partner is Ben. Grab your buddy. Um, grab your you buddy's to to butt. The bathroom. Make sure you make sure you grab your buddy. Don't want anyone to get separated on this on this trip. Please keep your arms and legs inside the ride. 
keep keep your arms and legs inside your partner. Um, because remember, if you don't have no legs, it's going to be hard to wear pants. It's true. Steve knows. Steve the Egg knows. So uh, one of us will give a category and three nominees for such categories. You'll see what we mean in a second. Then the other person, based on the merits of the partner's arguments, will choose one of those nominees for the Cartoni Award in that category. This is much more streamlined than the Emmys um, (laughs) or the Tony Awards. Also, the prizes don't mean anything. I'm of the opinion that at the, you know, actual award ceremonies, they should get the nominees and just have them slug it out. Yeah, they sort of do that for our show, don't they? In a, a well, of the categories. there will definitely be one of those, yes. I guess let's just start it out. Zane, would you like to give me the first category? All right. Our first category of the night is the most unrealistic setting. Um, All right. So we're looking for a cartoon that is just so far removed from our own reality that it kind of it, it, it takes you out of it almost. Now, I'm going to need a I'm going to need you to define your terms in one way. Yes. Do you mean the most unrealistic setting in that it's unrealistic within its own setting, like it's not consistent or it's very different from real life? The latter. It, the latter. Very different from real life. Um so our nominees are case closed for okay. for its impressive use of the most unlikely thing happening again and again. <laughs> uh, the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Ah, yes. Both for use of, you know, enslaving the Grim Reaper and dying every episode and everything else wrong with that show. <laughs> and Shaolin Showdown. Because it combines both of those aspects. <laughs> okay. Um... Do you have a? Do you have any arguments you want to say about anyone, or just w- w- was that kind of how you wanted to phrase it? You know, it's it's interesting because in all three of those, most of the time the characters don't draw attention to how weird everything is. Mm. Um, you know, I think you yourself made the best case for case closed when we were doing <laughs> that episode because you would just not get off the idea that Roger was from some other dimension, yeah, <laughs> where things made more sense. That was the most reasonable explanation. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, Billy and Mandy, you've got this really weird, this weird mythology where everything, like all the conspiracy theories are true. Like it's Night Vale. It's basically Night Vale. <laughs> um, it, it, it gets close to that within, you know, macabre aspects of different cultures, yeah. I guess. And then Shaolin Showdown, you, not only do you have, you know, these big fights that change the world and nobody really you know, does anything about it. You also have, you know, hunting all these relics that only they know where they are and they keep <laughs> reaching them at the same time. Okay, you you got a point with the whole reaching them at the same time thing. I'll grant you that. <laughs> However, I'm going to pull a Ben's twist, Ben's twist ball, and say that Shaolin Showdown is disqualified in that it realizes how ridiculous that is. <laughs> now, I think if I'm judging it on those merits, I would probably go for case closed. When you have Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, well, you're not really breaking new ground after you say, okay, Grim Reaper is the friend of these two kids. Like, Trouble's just going to find the Grim Reaper. If you accept that initial premise, the rest of it follows fairly reasonably. Mm. I think I got to give it to case closed, Zane. Ah, so, I, so you're that saying... That never healed. <laughs> so you're saying uh, for Grim Adventures, there's only one magic thing you have to accept 
for Shaolin Showdown, only one, and then, you know, a couple of coincidences. Case closed, it is consistently slightly askew. Even more than that, I, I can just judge it on a visceral basis, which is within Case Closed, it's impossible not to feel, like, slighted for your, like, concept of reality. You you feel like your your conception of the of the world is being betrayed when you watch it. Like, it just it just doesn't follow. In addition to support your case um and close it. Uh Sure. It's gone on for like 700 episodes or something. <laughs> no one caught on how crimes get solved yet. No one gets it except this one guy. So, a fine yeah. choice. I'll cut right, I'll cut in some closed. clapping sounds. Great. Also, maybe uh, when something gets the nomination, you should cut in the theme music to them. Oh, I would be more than happy to cut in the theme music to Case Closed. Yeah, so jazzy. All right. That so... that that factor will bias me in a lot of these. I don't mind telling you. <laughs> well, all three of these next ones are going to give you the opportunity for great music. Excellent. So, here is my category. Um, I haven't decided yet whether or not when we switch from person to person, we should have like a like a briefcase snapping sound to punctuate like a new section. So, this next category is owed to best episode intro. Hmm. Now, by intro, I mean the best job we've done with an episode intro. <laughs> so, in this uh masturbatory award show <laughs> that we put on for ourselves by Hands ourselves everyone's we have a category where we pat ourselves on the back <laughs> how great were we during <laughs> these moments all right what do we got so first off i'm gonna start with mega man mm. in mega man you may recall this saying i do and for those who do not know the lore behind this we took like 30, 40 minutes crafting specifically how we were going to make that one flesh out. <laughs> well worth it, I think. Oh, absolutely. We were wa- wondering back and forth how we were going to piece it together, and then I was like, they're a band, and everything just fell into place <laughs> so naturally. <laughs> and, you know, your German stereotype and my older ha- baked Willie Nelson, <laughs> just, I think our voices were really on point. I think our dialogue was great. It all came together. Mm-hmm. Now, for the next one, I'm going to put Batman Beyond. I think you could have seen this one coming. I absolutely saw this one coming. This was like our fifth episode. Mm. Okay, We were still finding our feet. None of our intros had been any good. But we took a page from some of our favorite podcasts and were just like, mm, let's just ad-lib most of it. We came up with an idea. One person would be these old pe- old superheroes in an old folks' home. Uh, and the other person would be Bruce trying to get down his memoirs. And it, again, it just fell out so naturally. <laughs> but I can't stress enough how funny the last bit was with GL and, and Bruce Wayne. <laughs> because both of us were ad-libbing our asses off, but it sounded as though we had rehearsed it. It was just such a perfect flow. Yeah. And I think the, I think the fact that it got better and better with each new old superhero, like, it was just, a comedic graduation that came to a really nice peak at the end there. Yeah. Finally, I put forward Shaolin Showdown. Mm. I think we did a very good job in Shaolin Showdown for a number of reasons. First, um, I have to I have to pat my own self on the back. I did a pretty good job with the opening, the sound editing. Yes. Make it, it was hard to make all those like crackling earth moving noises <laughs> together. 
but I think it really came out great. And just our subversion of the premise by just kind of hanging out for like a minute talking about garbage. (laughs) It might not have been our most finely crafted moment, but it was one of the more fun conversations I've had in an intro. So So I would like to add a little more to that because you didn't tell me what we'd be doing. Oh, yeah. You you (laughs) literally said, follow my lead. Follow my lead. That's all I got from you. (laughs) Yeah. At least with so with Mega Man. We scripted the whole thing, basically. Yeah. With Batman Beyond, I gave you the premise. Mm-hmm. With Shaolin Showdown, I did not give you the premise. <laughs> um, so those are our categories. All excellent choices. I Thank would like you. to give an honorary mention to the Tom Goes to the Mayor intro. How, what was that? I don't even remember it. Where you were Tom and I was the mayor? What did we do? <laughs> really? <laughs> you came to me asking me to like. Oh yeah, start a you just breathed the mic really heavy. I, I want to mention that just because it's the one that I've gone back to and listened to the most. <laughs> well, I want to mention Hamtaro because I think it was the one where I've successfully made you feel more uncomfortable than in any other episode. Truly, a grand tradition. <laughs> um, so I love what the Mega thoughts? Man one. I yeah. am going to disqualify it because we did so heavily script it. Yes. Fair. Of the remaining two, you know, I love I love what we did with Shaolin Showdown, but I think Batman Beyond has to get it just because it was so creative. We got it in one take. We got it, it in one take. It built so well and you know, we, we hit the, we, we hit the major idea, but we really didn't plan it out very much ahead of time. And yeah, as soon as we true. were done, we just broke down laughing so (laughs) and you know uh credit where credit is due your bruce wayne solomon grundy voice is pitch perfect (laughs) he's not solomon grundy it's almost as good as your crumb but not quite thank you all right we got we got a two down we got batman beyond gets the best episode intro Woo! And also has a pretty kick-ass intro in its own right the x-men theme is going in my head what did the bat i'll I'll listen to the batman one later (laughs) It's like... Oh, yeah, that's right. Justice. Apathy. <laughs> Solomon Grundy falling on the money. He's not a death metal band. <laughs> I was rapping. Um, great. So... Ma- his rapper name is Master Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant Solomon Grundy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I absolutely did. G. Rundy. <laughs> um, so our next category is the best concept slash worst execution. So what this is is not necessarily that the concept was really good or that the way the show did it was really bad, but just the mm. gulf between what it could have been and what it ended up being. Yes, well put. So like, yes, sheep in the bitty. Uh, sheep in the bitty. <laughs> Yo, this is Grundy it. coming at you. Sheep in the bitty. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those guys talking to Jack in one of the first episodes of Samurai Jack. <laughs> Let's cut that into. Jack was all ricocheting and jumpadelic. Oh, uh, here's Zach, yeah, prodigiously acrobatastic. <laughs> word, word. But then, like, when Jack pulled a swizz on, it was all like, swing, swack, swoof, man, right through the car. Swing attack, whack, and spawn out the back, Jack. Yo, it's sheep in the bitty. <laughs> um, like, sheep in the big city unquestionably a poor execution but it was also a really bad concept correct and uh so, and you know this one did yeah. not get there and Mega Man, such a great concept 
and the show was only you know it it reached but it wasn't awful sure yeah no it it wasn't good but it was its demographic so you, you can't really right it, it's not a mark of quality in its own right so or lack thereof I uh the nominees mm. are big o <laughs> not because it's bad but because we didn't have any idea what was going on. <laughs> it was really hard to peg down what exactly the theme was. And we alternately got very excited and very upset. <laughs> which I feel covers, you know, the the general theme of this category. That makes it a real Carton cast special special pick. <laughs> special eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, the second Eggnog? option is, of course, Generator Rex. <laughs> Man. Chosen for his name. Futuristic action drama sci-fi horror, and then what we got was a monkey in a in a fez and a diaper and a cigar and an eye patch. Wait, did he have a cigar? I'm gonna ass- make that part up. I'm gonna assume yes. It's implied. If he it's didn't, we can by the rest of his in. outfit that he has a cigar and dance to dances to an organ grinder. Um. So yeah, Generator <laughs> Rex. <laughs> um, and finally. This is one that I thought would be really good. I maintain that the idea has merit because I mm. have seen it done better elsewhere. But the yeah. show was just such a grind to watch and so upsetting to view. Uh, Chalk Zone. Yeah, I, I actually was thinking that one for this in, category In, in which Rudy had the chalk <laughs> but dropped it. <laughs> good thing he can mine some more, but we we don't have that opportunity. Right. Okay, so let's take this piece by piece. Um, piece of chalk. Chalk Zone, I think, was... I think, yeah, it's still in the running. I, I can't discount it out of hand. Although <laughs> you, you suddenly remembered the, uh, you know, dumb dart. <laughs> dumb dart. Yeah, I think the biggest problem I had with Chalk Zone was just the char- the main characters. I actually didn't mind, like, the ben, that's what you're looking in. at 90% of the time. <laughs> Not, not not necessarily. <laughs> okay, like, granted, that's a big deal, but the music and the atmosphere, I thought, was very a- appropriate for what it wanted to do. It was whimsical. So so I, I think because my only real problem with the execution was the characters, like, I think this could be easily tweaked into a better show. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I might actually throw that one out. Like, better writing. Mm-hmm. What was the first one you, you had mentioned? Big O. Big O, I... I think that you're build. I think that so it's obviously a great concept, right? Mm-hmm. We got memory loss and giant robots. That's got some of that's got to be good somewhere. Yeah, a now, Sunday made in hell. The problem is that it's good in different places without mixing them. But like again, the big problem is just in integrating the two parts. I thought that the separate parts were both fine. Like I didn't, I didn't mind either section of it. It just didn't mesh in a way that was very jarring. Right. So I gotta, I gotta give it up for Generator Rex. The show that makes fun of itself by existing <laughs> with that name. Uh, I, I still stand behind the name. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool. It's Lightning Raptors. You can't do better. But, <laughs> but. Just just the character of Bobo really, really cements it over the top. Yeah. Yeah, Manites, that's not so bad. It's just, yeah, like, the concept is X-Men. And then the execution is fucking, <laughs> I don't know, Invader Zim or some shit. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. All right. 
Plus a completely unsympathetic main character, a love triangle that doesn't worst. go anywhere. He's just Travis from Hamtaro. He's just awful. Not All to right. mention uh, Van Kleist really not living up to everything he could. I, You know what? It, he had a lot of time. He got sealed <laughs> in that like ancient sarcophagus somehow. Man, the more I remember about <laughs> Generator <laughs> Rex... The less, the less cohesive it feels. <laughs> yeah. What are talking about again? <laughs> what was that show? That, that was the episode where we came up with the You Might Be a Villain thing, though. That's true. So, let's go back to me. Ben's category. <laughs> the, nar- the Narcissist's Anthem. Let's Shut up, Zane. I'm talking. <laughs> All right. um, so, our next category is Top Protagonist... One whom we like the best. Not one who would win a fight, but one we like the best. Correct. My cartoonist picks. You're going to like these. The first one is Darkwing Duck. Ooh. Possibly the most psychologically we've encountered, psychologically revealing we've encountered in a protagonist. Never to le- ne- like, never mind the fact that it's a superhero protagonist. Mm-hmm. The next protagonist, um, you might... You might think is uh, is incorrect here, but I think Arthur from The Tick is an excellent protagonist. I always enjoyed watching him interact with the insane world around him. Again, very psychologically revealing, but he's on the he's in the background, mm-hmm. so it's a different perspective on a on the same thing. And the third one, I just couldn't help myself, and you get to deal with Kamiyama from Cromarty High School, <laughs> whom is technically a protagonist in that he shows up most of the time <laughs> that's like that's like the bare minimum like, requirements of a protagonist <laughs> like i'm like i know this is a protagonist and i love him and that's all i've got so you're welcome to think about Ooh. that one however you please so i agree arthur's not necessarily the protagonist in in you know his name's not in the title <laughs> true um, I did like him a lot. I, I, but I think a lot of that is just coming from how much I liked him in the live action version of The Tick. That's a good point. Which I must reiterate, go watch that again. Why aren't you watching it right now? You're listening to a fucking podcast. <laughs> you go could be listening to tick. Batman Well. <laughs> oh my god, Batman Well. <laughs> I wanted to put Batman Well down for our best Batman. <laughs> but he could not. <laughs> he could not. He's too much Manuel. Uh, yeah, the you got the ratios off. <laughs> yeah, it's no good. My uh, my friend Mark uh, was telling me about this uh, this comic that he made. I think he told you about it. Where instead of uh, it's called Man Spider, and <laughs> that's right, of a radioactive spider biting man. It's a radioactive it's man like biting four a spider. Panels long, <laughs> and the spider is like, oh my god. Did you just see what happened? But he's talking to another spider, and since spiders can't talk, he's just talking to himself, and then the comic ends. You you got some weird friends, Ben. <laughs> These story like you may notice, dear listener, that all the stories that I've said have been about about Mark almost exclusively. Darkwing Duck, you know, I don't know if I liked him as much as you did. I liked, you know, he was a great character. He had a lot of uh, pathos. You know, we could see where his motivation was coming from, um, and he had this very interesting mix of you know competence and incompetence mm. that was really endearing and. And probably I, the best catchphrase in the whole in the oh, whole yeah. podcast run. Absolutely. The terror that flaps in the night. And then Kamiyama, again, is not really a protagonist. <laughs> but he is maybe my favorite character. <laughs> he's 
he's amazing. And, you know, I was listening to that episode just the other day. You know, I, I'm really impressed by how much he just immediately takes command of the whole situation. <laughs> but yep. he loses points for being so similar to um, Hayashida. Okay. In his own way. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll give you that. You know, I think I'm going to have to go with Darkwing Duck. Yeah, because, Darkwing, taking it down. Because he's interesting, he is good at his function, he has that, you know, human flaw. Yeah, that's the part that I think really drives him as a protagonist. Yeah. I mean, he's in a goofier setting than you want to ascribe to someone heroic, but he's textured enough and, you know, active enough to make good protagonists. He makes that setting work. He does. It's all the Darkwing Duck show. <laughs> that was kind of stupid to say out loud. Plus, great theme song. Oh, yeah. Who's, when, when you're in trouble, you call DW. Fact. <laughs> Just um, like the duck fact. That's one of our other duck facts that we didn't mention back in the episode. <laughs> that's You're in trouble, call DW. So now we have which protagonist would win in a fight. Now this is not which protagonist is the best, but rather if they fought, who would win? Who would be the rest? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <clears throat> so we're looking for Mr. the most... Mr. Rogers. The most powerful... <laughs> of ultimate destiny. Ooh. So, which protagonist would win in a fight? We're looking for someone who is powerful, cap- capable, uh, competent at their, you know, ability. So, mm-hmm. you know, protagonists such as Kamiyama need not apply for, <laughs> for kind of obvious reasons. He's already won, okay? He's, he's won the moral battle. He's like the Xanatos of that universe. Nothing happens <laughs> that doesn't benefit him. So, speaking of Xanatos, our first uh, option is Goliath. All right. As you know, gigantic... You know, very strong, tearing through steel. Um, he can fly. He looks great. <laughs> yes, he does. He got wing clasps. <laughs> he can intimidate, like, half of our other protagonists on yeah. site. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say anything more about him than he's just great. <laughs> he's just so big. <laughs> he is big. Um, next up would be Samurai Jack, mm. um, who, you know has won against overwhelming odds again and again, kind of magically. Sure. And, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure how he does what he does, but, you know, you hear that sword sound effect so much, it, he must be doing good work. Yeah, yeah. He, he, and, you know, the episode always ends with a close-up of his eyes. Like, he just He's watching. got done walking away from an explosion. <laughs> That's a protagonist move. Yeah, I mean, there's not that much interesting, like we ran into in the actual episode, there's not a lot of interesting things to say about him, but you can't deny he's... would win in a fight. He's so powerful. (laughs) Yeah, he defeats a guy who's literally in control of the universe on a regular basis. That's true. (laughs) Man, why didn't we have an Aku category? (laughs) I wonder who would win that. Um, And our last option is the perennial underdog Mega Man. The, Interesting. He is a super fighting robot and you know he he had a lot of powers. He was able to use his surroundings to his advantage and he can take the power of anyone he defeats. That's true. So are we talking about like 
a free-for-all here, or who would beat the most robots in five minutes, or what? Because well, Jack and Mega Man are both great at that. That's true. I don't know if it works as really a battle royale of all of our episodes so far, because then Mega Man has the powers of Doug. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, Round Robin, Samurai Jack versus Mega Man versus Goliath. Best two out of three. I didn't understand that. How so, is it round robin if they're all fighting each other? Yeah, but like in uh, like one at a time. God, you phrased that so imprecisely. <laughs> like you just com- it's like a it was like answering a biconditional query with a yes, like or I mean not a biconditional yeah biconditional query with a yes, both of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Correct. <laughs> yes, I'm aware. Um. However you would like to categorize it. People right. can write in let's and complain it, if they don't like it. Let's take it let's take it task to task. Uh let's do Goliath versus Mega Man. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, uh the fact that Goliath really shines at night is not gonna be a problem for a Mega Man whom does not work like we're not on human rules here, right? His yes. his greatest power is that he's Stronger than everything else in his world. Right. But in his world, it's mostly humans. Some, the occasional robot, granted, but it, they're all <laughs> robot gargoyles, so, <laughs> you know, that's not fair. He's also got, he's got the, he's got height, he's got reach, and he's got mobility. So, this heavily, heavily favors Gar, uh, Goliath. Mega Man can probably try to shoot him down, but again, as has been shown many, many times, Mega Man can't really, it, impact his surroundings much he can use the surroundings that he has but goliath can just rip apart a wall and duck inside that's right mega man has to joust over it or call in rush or something mm-hmm. so i think i can give it to goliath just for overall you know ter- territory mastery he's just so big and he's also just really big his name also, is goliath also mega man isn't that much of a mathlete when it comes to well neither of them are actually Neither of them are superly clever. Yeah. Not like our next one. So Plus, let's take Samurai, Samurai Jack would, you know, he would see Goliath and say, oh, this is a noble warrior. I don't <laughs> need to fight. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure how that would go down. Uh, let's let's take it with Mega Man and, and Samurai Jack. I think that, again, Samurai Jack would win. I love Mega Man. In the show that he's featured, he's mainly just doing shots. You know, like <laughs> shots, 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 shots. <laughs> he, he's mainly just I pictured firing him shots. as an alcoholic <laughs> with like a with like a boss esque five o'clock shadow, like on his and, robot like chin. He steals cuts cuts man's weapon, but it doesn't come out of his head. It comes out of like his shoe, and he's like cutting up the floor. He's like, "Oh god, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I, I didn't mean it." <laughs> oh, I'm so hungover. Take, like like just carrying around like an e tank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so Mega Man's got the range naturally, but that's never been a problem for Samurai Jack who uh he shoots regularly... off like energy bullets, right? He can like he, he regularly stab deflects gunfire. That's right. So it's not a big deal. And I and uh, Samurai Jack is super good at cutting up robots. <laughs> we really can't overstate this. Yeah, like that's just where he shines. That's his that's his that's his game. So Mega Man just really doesn't have a chance against him. We have to com- compete uh, Samurai Jack against Goliath. And this one's a tough one. 
I think I have to give it to Goliath simply because he's got a team who can bail him out of situations. Mm-hmm. They're both pretty brawny, but not without being capable of being hurt. And it has been shown that Goliath can just stop a sword by grabbing it by the blade. Oh, it's so awesome. It's pretty sweet. And also, Jack very rarely fights things that are flying unless he's also flying. And he's got good jumps. He's That's got big true. ups. He That's can true. jump good. But, hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually not certain yet. I think, again, that just like Mega Man, Goliath being able to just rip apart a wall and walk inside is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I give it to Goliath. Sweet. Yep. Sorry that one took so long. No, that's fine. I I I kind of want to see them fight and Mega Man off in the corner, drunk <laughs> off of <laughs> yeah. E-Tanks. just cheering them drunk on, E-Tanks. like 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 passed Woo. out on Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like puking into him. <laughs> like Rush is over in the corner. He's got a bruise and like his body is slinkied out. <laughs> Mega Man's an abusive drunk. That's so good. <laughs> Man, we gotta go watch him. Watch, we gotta go back and watch Mega Man again now. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture him like on a good day. <laughs> On a bender. I wish either of us could draw so we could draw some of these scenarios <laughs> we're coming up with. We're doing what we can, okay? Audience, if you have any artistic skill, That's, I will pay you. Uh, yeah, we'll commission this shit. We already do this shit for free. Like, what do you... Do you really think that we won't pay for someone to do it for us? All right. Uh, it's like that's my spirit animal is drunk Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> drunk Mega Man is pretty like that's pretty good. That that's our T-shirt. That's our new logo. <laughs> drunk Mega Man. <laughs> I like the image of him puking into Eddie Gordo or not Eddie Gordo from Tekken. Eddie Flip Top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like Eddie's got that kind of sad face that you associate with disaffected robots like the Larry 3000. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a, there's a specific face that goes with disaffected robots. Chicks dig disaffected robots. <laughs> nice. What do you got for me? <laughs> All right. Next is something that I think you're going to enjoy. Hardest show to talk about. Now, we got a cornucopia <laughs> of fun on our hands this time. God. This is this is our way of not saying like this show sucks. <laughs> yeah, like this is our way of taunting each other. <laughs> Thanks. This, like, You're you asking you me to a... talk exclusively about, about the three the hardest show. ones. You're gonna love it. You have so much to say about all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, specifically, I had more to say about this first nominee, which is Tom goes to the mayor. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly hard to talk about just because of its art style. Um, but there's it's hard to talk about because you can't look at it for more than like a minute that's true it's more hard to watch than hard to talk about it does have a very strong theme um but describing the show in a vacuum is almost impossible as we have found out (laughs) like there's just too much there's just too much that isn't like other shows you don't have a touchstone yeah there's there's no grounding point which is uh, also true of the next show that's hard to talk about, Cromartie High School, <laughs> wherein all the protag, wherein all of the characters start something in the beginning of the show and then proceed to stone the wall of the progress. They just they just filibuster for the next ten minutes until the show ends. And so when we're talking about it, really all we could do is the same thing. Yep, <laughs> you're listening to this podcaster. And also, um, that episode, if I recall, was a lot of, hey, remember when that happened? 
<laughs> I think he thought it was going to be like that, but in reality, it was like just us grumbling and like stuttering. <laughs> and the final nominee is something that we knew was going to be hard to talk about and wound up being harder to talk about for different reasons. Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> and technically not an animation, but we did cover it. Uh, this show taught us how to be PC in a post-puppet America. And what madness it is to try to describe the actions of a puppet <laughs> in, in a show which features no which features only one puppet the main character and they never admit that he's a puppet (laughs) so there's your there's your grab bag of fun i reject all of these nominations and substitute (laughs) garfield and friends because i hate it (laughs) um no you are allowed to make an objection you're allowed a rebuttal um yeah, so those three shows, we did successfully talk about them. Well, we suggest- successfully talked about all There, shows. There was, you know, I remember in Cousin Skeeter, there was a good half hour before we hit upon our thesis statement, which is that it's about how angry reality white guys... bends around Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> and reality bends around Cousin Skeeter. So once we hit that, you know, once we hit that, it really was just restating it. <laughs> now, Tom goes to the mayor... Think about Cousin Skeeter in a little sailor suit, though. Oh, my God. He's adorable. He's <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Um, the hardest show to talk about? Maybe most uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, certainly. Tom Goes to the Mayor was interesting because there were plenty of things about it to talk about, but none of them I really wanted to talk about. <laughs> it was a slog. It, it, it's like, it felt like a slog. Because it was... It felt like the sound that people make when they're, like, eating too fast and start choking. <laughs> okay. What is the disease where you, like, see senses as other senses? Synesthesia. Yeah, I'm getting some of that there from your sentence. <laughs> Cromarty High School. You just had that one ready to pull out, huh? Which one? Synesthesia. Oh, yeah. Dude, neuroscience. I mean, that's a great word. Isn't I, it? I just, I always want to remember it, and I never can. So I use it more often so I can committed to memory Cromarty High School that's your carton task <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna have to go with Cromarty High School I'm not surprised because w- we were trying to describe the characters I recall <laughs> yeah. and we couldn't no we, there's, we really couldn't there's nothing there <laughs> <laughs> in addition to being a show like Tom Goes to Mare where there's nothing like it it's also just not a thing that you can describe in a vacuum. Yeah, and like earlier you mentioned that um, Kamiyama is is like not a protagonist. Right. Be- and, you know, there's, there's nothing to grab onto in this show. Sometimes no. he's there. Sometimes it talks about the guy with motion sickness. Yep, yep sometimes he's the main character. There's no way to talk about it in a cohesive way unless you're willing to just jump in and watch a few episodes yourself. Which we were. I mean, you watched all the entire series. Yeah. And so, you know, Tom goes to the mayor. You can describe and basically just say, you know, it's awkward. This guy's in hell. Cousin Skeeter, you can describe and say, it's a show about a puppet. Nobody mentions he's a puppet. Now, Zane, that's a little less... Reality bends around him. (laughs) 
that's a little less simple than you're than you're stating it. Oh, like, I agree. That's not an easy concept. I, I, agree, I agree, but that once it's you a statable concept, but, but it's the not a simple. One. The difference is, is that once you hit on Cousin Skeeter's character, the rest falls into place. You don't have that in Cromarty High School. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. So I'm gonna give it to Cromarty High School. Yep. Yeah. Doke doke. <laughs> doke 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 doke. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. What do you got for me next? Um, next up, we are looking at the best Batman character. Just the best Batman. Best Batman. Great. So, uh, so these are characters which, in some way, exemplify you bastard. <laughs> everything that it means to be Batman, either in his Bruce Wayne identity. Or his Batmanery in the terms mm-hmm. of his action, or just his ability to constantly win. Okay. So yeah, his his uh, his his badass of the internet status. That's right. So first, I would like to uh, nominate Roger Smith from Big O. Big O. Big O. Big O. Big O. Interesting. Um, you know, he's not exactly you know running around cape and cowl, but he does. He's always into the battle. He is, you know, first on the scene. He works sort of above the law, and he has his own moral code. Also, he's Hmm. suave and dressed entirely in black, and he has a butler. He has the Alfred guy. All right, that that is a good point. Now, I don't believe that um, his... I don't believe that his being a captain in Big O is a secret identity, however. So I'm not certain you really get that dichotomy of personality what you get is that even though people might know who he is they leave him alone they leave him alone in his mansion well he looks like he's made out of plastic (laughs) you don't want to you don't want to fuck with that he meets informants you know it's weird because he's batman without the suit oh yeah he meets up walter sobchak in that bar yeah that guy looks incredibly like walter sobchak just like just like batman did in that movie (laughs) (laughs) You remember the Just one. Just like Batman did in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> You're out of your element, Bruce. <laughs> Man, we need to get better at drawing things. This sounds great. <laughs> Just drunk Mega Man in the he's, corner shouting he's about bowling. <laughs> oh my god. Um, our next nominee for Best Batman is Darkwing Duck. Naturally. Because he's literally Batman. I mean, it just screams it. It screams it right off the page. The duck mobile, the duck jet, duck copter, duck copter. It's Batman if if bats were ducks. Sure, sure. And finally, in terms of just the ability to command any situation, see ten steps ahead. I have to nominate uh, Xanatos. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not bad. That's a he's definitely got the best, the world's greatest detective aspect to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to make a. Cartoni, cart, cart, carton. Uh, I don't know how to make this into a pun. I would like to make a rebuttal. <laughs> okay. I need to nominate one of my own. Surprise rebuttal. I want to nominate Quailman from Doug. Ooh. Doug in his persona as Quailman. Patience, intelligence, and speed. Correct. All of things. All things that Batman possesses. He is. He has a mild-mannered life, sort of. Uh, in his in his daytime role as Doug, but 
you turn off the lights, he, he flips to this other persona in which he's much more competent and capable of doing what he needs to do. Now, my my main concern about this is that Quailman also has large overtones of being Superman. In terms of his powers, he's got he a pet dog that really also has powers. powers he's got that... What does he it's, do? He's got the quail eyes, if that's what you're talking about. I sure. I think he can fly. Okay. But it's... Like, like his 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 theme is patience, intelligence, speed. Mm-hmm. Now, Superman's fast. I'll give him that. <laughs> but he's really not the, either of the other two. That's true. I'm not sure how to feel about this nominee, but it is up to you, sir. If you All think right. if you think that Quail Man is a better match for Batman than Darkwing Duck, that is your prerogative. Well, I think I have to cast out Darkwing Duck right away. Really. He does not have the affectation of the Batman that I love. Which he doesn't is have the, the backstory. Self-sacrifice figure. No, right. except in that alternate universe. Which I don't really know what that, that was. More like Punisher than anything. I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> that was the Authority. You ever read those comics? Uh, once. Yeah, it's where like the Justice League exists, but they took over the planet because they can't trust normal people with it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to cast out Darkwing Duck just because he doesn't really have the uh, self-sacrifice affectation that makes the perfect Batman. He's not sacrificing himself at the cost. He's not as the cost of making the world better. No, he gets off on this. Like, this is fun for him. This is what lets him... This is, this is, this is how he expresses himself. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't feel very Batman to me. In addition to, he has Goslin as, granted, you could see it as a Robin, but as we've seen in the Dark Future episode, you can have Goslin die, and, you know, he totally changes. Mm -hmm. Not a thing that Batman would do. So I'm going to have to cast him to the curb. Now, we still got Roger Smith, Doug, and who else? Xanatos. Xanatos, that's right. (sighs) Okay. Roger Smith is not a bad one because of his detective status. Like, I think that's literally his job. Or an informant. What what exactly is his job? It's weird. He is a negotiator. He's a negotiator. I love that they made up a position just for that. <laughs> so he's a negotiator. That That's pretty good. He, he lives in a dark world. He lives in a mansion, and he does have a butler. So he's got Bruce Wayne down. I'm not mm-hmm. convinced he has Batman down. His fights are too showy and ostentatious. Which I guess are the same word. His fights are <laughs> like I, I, I think that a giant robot fight is too far away from being Batman that I can really count him. Hmm. Um. At the same time, I don't really want to give it to Xanatos because he's more of a Doctor Doom in that he's the he's the one who acts first. You know, Batman will think twenty steps ahead, but only once he's cornered, or at least once he has a mission. Xanatos puts into motion everything in the plots. The motivations are different, certainly. I, I really can't give it to him. So All right. I think it's got to be between Roger Smith and Doug. And uh, you, you you shook me away from Doug. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he's just not cool enough to be Batman. So let's go Roger Smith on that one. Best Batman. Big O. Big O. That also deserves a mention in terms of best intro. <laughs> Granted. (laughs) (laughs) Where we just talk about something else and then the big O shows up. Yeah, that was pretty funny. (laughs) I forgot about that. I'm still not over that show. No, like, it. that show is your first girlfriend, you know? It's the one you never quite get over. 
You wake up one day, you're happy with another Batman-centric cartoon, but you still have scars. That was that got really weird. What's our next? So cold. <laughs> what's our next category? All right, let, let's jump into let's jump into something a little bit more fun to talk about, which also starts off with Big O. And I'm gonna give you the category of most surprisingly fun show to talk about. Mm. Now, this is a show which we didn't expect to be fun, but turned out to be one of the funnest episodes to pick apart. Mm-hmm. So, Darkwing Duck was always going to be a home run. We knew that. <laughs> we did not think so about Big O. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know about you, I had a lot of fun with it. I think that was a really fun episode, um, just because of how bonkers the plot was, how funny the character of Roger Smith was. And how awesome that giant robot with his arm pistons was. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot about the arm pistons. Yeah, the sudden impact, man. And he and the and the whatever laser fires out from his forehead is also great. Um second nominee is King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. <laughs> which looked like and looked like and still looks like horseshit. <laughs> right. But turned out to be one of the funniest episodes we'd done up to that point, simply because we hadn't done anything from that G.I. Joe era of, you know, merchandising. Sure. And it turned out to have a lot of nooks and crannies <laughs> that we didn't expect. Ew. Um, also, one of the funniest, like, premises, which is just that <laughs> Merlin's a football fan. We got a lot of mileage out of that one, we I really recall. Did. We also got a lot of mileage about on the third one, which is another sort of um, merchandising uh, cash grab sort of show. He-Man and Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah. Now, that was a lot of fun to talk about for a lot of reasons, but mostly because of the character He-Man. <laughs> and maybe just because of the vintage as well. We really dove into how that vintage defines a show and how the limitations can be forgiven to look at what's cool about the show. Right. So that was a lot of fun to talk about. I think those were great. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think I'm going to um, discount Big O right off the bat. Okay. Um, it was fun to talk about, um, but I think it was more us playing off of the idea that they just stapled two shows together. <laughs> um, That's true. And, and granted, I didn't know what we would talk about about the show, but I as soon as we realized how bonkers... an episode before. As soon as we realized how bonkers it was, and you just... <laughs> Like you read that Wikipedia summary, and I'm like, yeah, this this is entirely in line with what I watched, and yet I have no context for it. I didn't recognize half of the proper nouns. <laughs> it was crazy. So, although it was very fun to talk about, I think we kind of um, we kind of lost it after a bit, mm-hmm. and and we went down that circle that we sometimes go down. That big um, O. Once we had watched it, we knew it would be fun to talk about. Yes. Um. He Man. <laughs> he Man is delightful. We put so much effort into He Man because of how much internet love it had. And that was the bizarre thing is we didn't think that it like we didn't think that would be a good show. No. And but we, we knew right. that people liked it and trying to figure out why was really charming. <laughs> um the it's shitty like a sociological grin. study, the, man, that grin. I don't like that. You know, kind of every episode was very similar. Although I guess that's kind of true of of King Arthur as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. the The thing about King Arthur 
that I loved and still loved is we <laughs> there was so much to make fun of. First of all, that was also our first that was our first uh, episode with the new mic. Yes, which was so chrome that we just put our best foot forward. Yeah. Um with King Arthur, we were able to talk about the characters and their ridiculous jersey stereotypes. Man, their their voices were crazy. The voice we were able to talk about the premise which was <laughs> ludicrous in the in the extreme. We were able to talk about the uh conflict which was completely pointless. We were able to talk about the setting which had <laughs> nobody around. Vacuous. We were able to talk about what could have been. We were able to talk about merchandising. There we were talked about PSAs. You know, I, I think Big O and He-Man were both shows that we got a lot out of. But King Arthur and the Knights of Justice <laughs> was an untapped oil well just, just springing out of the earth. And we did not expect it at all. It was a gift from the cartoon gods. In honor of our tenth, this the tenth of our episode. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. It came. It was. It, it 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 was. It was mana allotted from the heavens. So All yes, right. I have to go with King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. It is. Okay, where are we at? How many do we have left? Uh, I have two more, and you have two more before our best show. Very well. So, um, our next category is the best hero and villain matchup. So these are, in this category, we have pairs of heroes and villains, uh, protagonists and antagonists, who match each other very well. They fulfill the role of nemesis. It is always interesting to watch them interact. Um, and, and they have a great, deeper connection with each other. Okay, yeah, so they're not just fulfilling roles. They're also, like, personally affiliated or at yes. least, you know, resonant. And I don't know if this actually works for this first nomination, but it feels like it's such a classic hero-villain matchup that I must mention it. He-Man and Skeletor. Yeah, there's something. There's a lot of weird stuff there. <laughs> now, it's the weird part, as we've mentioned before, is that Skeletor is really beefy. <laughs> it's it's He-Man's exact build, but a skull on top. And. You know, that that setting has to do with, you know, both sci-fi and magic. And while He-Man sort of is more the fantasy angle, Skeletor is always in some sort of computer base. He's got this sort of rocket car. Huh. Um, so they're opposites yeah, in a like lot a of Miyazaki ways. Film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're opposites in a lot of ways. And I really like the idea that, um, you know, Skeletor isn't, he's not the good guy, but like, why is He-Man in Castle Grayskull? I never really got over this. I think it was just like, you know, divine right from monarchic rule. That's how it's, I always saw it's it. It's called Grayskull. I still feel like he evicted Skeletor. So I, <laughs> I like I like that sort of long-term antagonism, and I like that they were able to team up in that one episode. Plus they're bondage buddies. <laughs> yes. Um, and, Our, and, you know, there's, there's more of a personality thing to them as well because um, Skeletor is so—he's not— as interested in capturing Grayskull as he is in defeating He-Man. You get the idea that it's a little bit of, like, an arm wrestling match mm. for him. It's a little bit of pride. His whole well. purpose in life is to defeat He-Man. Yeah, and he has a reason he wants to do that, but those reasons are <laughs> not the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's also just a driving force in its own right. 
Um, our next nominee is Samurai Jack and Aku. Yeah. <laughs> now, part of this is just an excuse to talk about Aku. We didn't but really, one. what you have is these incredible polar opposites where Jack is hardworking, he's soft-spoken, he is pure good, and Aku is pure evil, he has unlimited power and doesn't do much with them, and he's a complete braggart. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You've still got that, you know, nature versus technology aspect. You've got this whole concept of, you know, power and responsibility that, you know, it's it's a great pairing. Yep, I, uh, agreed entirely. You have that, also, uh, a coup looks foil. great. You got the goofy foil to the um, stoic protagonist. Yeah. I'm not sure if you said that already. I don't know either. Great. Um, and you know, our final nominee, these aren't really... They're antagonists, but it's not really hero-villain in the conventional sense. We have um, Harvey Birdman and Myron Reducto. Okay, well. So, so you know, Har- what you've got is your defense attorney and uh, prosecutor, and they're fi- sometimes they fight even while they're debating in court. Right. Like they have this, they have this old-fashioned grudge against each other, and it's not really clear why. It it sort of transcends their setting, uh, in a way that makes it really obvious that they're 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 trying to hold on to that uh, that continuity where it came from an actual show in the '60s. Yeah, <laughs> just just for the shits of it. But it, it it wound up being kind of this interesting reflection on you know festering wounds that never quite got resolved. Hmm. Uh, and they're both fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Like, just the scene of them battling in the courtroom whilst doing the case is just so remarkable. Yeah, uh, I I like all of them, um, obviously. I think I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna have to go with Samurai Jack and Aku. Mm-hmm, and that, why? That's my reasoning. Because that was the most, you know... That was the most... That was the biggest contrast of ideals... Mm-hmm. And it built up over time. It, like you, you it's su- a long running grudge. It's the focus of the show, so it just it, that's true. It's as dramatic as they want it to be, which is not <laughs> always a goal that you can hit. Like sometimes it just kind of ends kind of stupid. And I talked about Samurai Jack for sometimes getting the drama goofy because they don't kind of know how to segue. Mm, right. But when it's both of them together, they find this really happy medium where Aku looks goofy and says goofy things, but it's got the dramatic music of samurai jack whenever they're both together it always feels like it always feels very iconic of hero villain yes it's it's the sort of thing that you can put on endless wall scrolls absolutely so the winner not, is not that, uh not that aku couldn't be put on all wall scrolls by uh, of course even also, as just a background also like i want him on my stationery the, the aku brings out so much on in the samurai that we never get and Samurai brings out so much in Aku that, like, it causes him to express anger as a as opposed to just kind of comedic glee. Yeah. Yeah, so... And know, Aku, you know, pairing. occasionally is able to bring out the worst in Samurai. Yeah, yeah, occasionally. And you, uh, whenever we cut to Samurai talking about his mission, he, he's always just cursing Aku's name to the heavens. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, he's a stoic guy. We don't get that much. So I gotta go with Aku and Samurai. I like it. Yeah. What's our next one? All right. So our next one is, um, <laughs> I think this is a, this one's going to be real fun to talk about, is our <laughs> fastest show to get sick of watching. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, 
I'm gonna put one in here that I don't think you're gonna in, that you're I don't think you're gonna agree with. I put it here for me. I think that Jimmy Neutron got old real, real quick. <laughs> Is it because you couldn't stand to look at it? It was just gross looking. <laughs> I just didn't want to look at it. Um, in addition to you know just a really a really repeated plot and um, kind of boring characters, I just didn't really like it much. Mm-hmm. Garfield and Friends. Although kind of interesting in that it came from a comic strip and there were these two settings and one of them is such a such a comic icon that uh, watching him do what he does is kind of interesting in spite of that was just not very funny and there were a lot of bumps in the road from making a comic into a cartoon. Yeah. Especially U.S. Acres, which I think was just a complete gutter ball. <laughs> right. So I really hated that as well. Um. And of course, the original Carton Sin, the original Spite cast, Sheep in the Big City, which, <laughs> you know, there's some funny things about it. Like we talked about how the humor was very influential in our appreciation of like, you know, wordplay and things like that. But it just, it leaned so hard on the same jokes that I got sort of watching George Lopez or oh, yeah. Office... Uh, the office or anything like that where it just talks too much about the same thing and you can if you would have a laugh track in one cartoon it'd be sheep in the big city oh yeah i believe it has a laugh track at times (laughs) so that Um, was real tedious so jimmy neutron you know i i i agree that (laughs) it is very similar i think you time after time what 14 they were shorter than you might think it it is significant that you can watch it sped up and not lose anything. Yeah, which is the like that's one of the only ways that it's attributed on YouTube, right? It's weird. <laughs> um, it does have Rob Paulson. That's technically true. I don't know if um, I can, you know, it. You know, it 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 had humorous points, and honestly, there were parts of it that I did enjoy a lot, even if the plots themselves, you you, you know the. Hold on, let me let me phrase this in my head. <laughs> it's hard to talk about Jimmy Neutron too. <laughs> the the plot sequence was extremely regular, but the inventions were interesting and the problems were interesting. Uh, I I I don't think I maybe you. This is hard to talk about. Maybe that's true, but it just didn't hold any weight for me. I don't care about a plot or a concept of a or or a pro- plot progression. I care about the characters in the plot. And Jimmy's Jimmy's an asshole. <laughs> Jimmy's an asshole. Cindy redeems quite a bit. That's true. Cindy's um, a good character. Sheen has funny moments. <laughs> Carl is not the worst. One of the better, uh, one of the better um, uh, cartoon dads. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's up there. So I, th- I think you know Jimmy Neutron is not either of our favorites by any means, but I think it scrapes along respectably. Right. And I'll, you know. I'll agree to those terms. Now. Garfield and Friends. Garfield and Friends. It's one thing to have a show (laughs) where the plot's the same every time. It's another thing to have that show last eight seasons. And they're actually two shows. And they're two shows that work the same. Like... But one's just worse. (laughs) I, I, I honestly can't think of Garfield and Friends anymore without being in disgust. Right? It's just like what was <laughs> what was redeeming about that show? Quickies, yeah, because they were actually just comic strips. Yeah, and that's the thing. 
the problem with well, Garfield. What was redeeming about that show was Garfield minus Garfield. The the thing about yeah, that's the thing about Garfield and Friends is that not only are you watching it and you're not happy to be watching it, you know that you could be that unhappy much faster by <laughs> reading the original comics. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's not a good unhappy like you get from reading Garfield minus Garfield. It's like a it's just like a depression. And then you also have Sheep in the Big City. Sheep in the Big City. I don't think any of us were prepared for that. I insist is not as bad as you think. It's worse. <laughs> I agree with you on most of the main offenders. Farmer John. There are a lot of points that I thought were hilarious. I liked a uh, guy who reads things. Yeah, he, he's I funny. liked the narrator. Um, they hit me with a pun that I wasn't expecting fairly frequently. They have a ton of references. It's not on the good. other hand, the it's not good. Swede and the angry scientist. It's not good, but it's not boring. The way that they introduce things is different each time. Um, yeah. You know, it's a similar plot structure, but it's not nearly as regimented as Jimmy Neutron. I think I'm going to have to give this one to Garfield and Friends. Because it makes my blood boil. Yeah, it's 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 pretty rough. I remember us talking about Garfield and Friends, how I'm like, the Garfield parts are okay, and then they just made it shittier for half the episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty not good. <laughs> um, next. All right, we are coming up on the home stretch there. Um, we have the best song. Now, these are not intro songs. These are just songs that pop up in the shows. Yes. Um, that like we one-offs. really liked. Right? And, you know, this this first one... You know what? I'm not even going to include this one. But I will make a mention of Super Fighting Robot. Super Fighting Robot is sweet. Because it does show up all the time. And when it does, you're pretty pumped up. Like, it does happen <laughs> too much. Like... Speaking objectively, the song should not happen that much in the show, which is a sweet yes. song. Um, so our first nominee is a song from one of the movies, uh, okay. and that would be Remains of the Day. This is from Corpse Bride. This is the jazzy number where all the skeletons oh, yeah. play on the ribs. <laughs> Remains of the day. God damn it, Burton! <laughs> you just couldn't help yourself. And uh, you know, I edited th- that one, and I put in the entire song. Yeah, you did. Which is not something that you normally do. Normally, we but... cut it out when it starts getting like chorusy. But that mm-hmm. one really didn't. I mean, partly because it's jazz. But I love, I love the way it introduces too with the little just xylophone. No, it introduces even thing. earlier than that. It introduces with. Hit it, boys. Hit it, boys. Yeah, very classy. <laughs> um, the next, and of course, that that whole song is just beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, Lots of visual ne- gags. <laughs> the next song is uh, <laughs> one that I love a lot. I don't know how you feel about it. Okay. 300 Pounds of Lonely from <laughs> Dave the Barbarian. <laughs> because can you, can you remind me a little bit of what it is? And you can cut in uh, the song here, just because uh, I, I honestly don't remember. I'll cut in all of them. So, three hundred pounds of lonely is the one where Dave is sad. Oh yeah, he's he's walking. <laughs> and and 
what I love about it is it's done like a music video yeah. <laughs> by Mick Waldo von Hooper Poot. Yup, yup. It's just a, and it's really catchy. Dave the Barbarian, you know, is not a through and through success, but they kind of know what they're doing at times. Yeah, and that was a good one. Of course, the front runner. <laughs> Yeah. Shiny teeth in me. You know, it's just so hard to beat shiny teeth in me. <laughs> it's, it really is. Like I was studying for, for tests, for finals with a few of my friends, and one of them was like freaking out pretty bad, and I'm just like, I'm going to help you out now. And I just turned that on full blast when we all start jamming out. That's incredible. Because we might as well be 12 years old. I um, I told you about this, how I listened to the Hey 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 song for like three hours. Yes. <laughs> Honorary mention there, I think. Uh, yes, and uh, just so that I have something to contribute here, I listened to a 12-hour repeat of the Bulk and Skull theme. <laughs> of course. Do you know that like, a uh, contributor to the show, Dan Caves, at one point, uh, looped that clip from The Simpsons with dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental uh-huh. plan. He did that for like a six-hour loop so that he could Why? listen to, a, to it at work, just to see what it would would happen to his brain. <laughs> and the iPhone, like the the iPod, the thing that he was using to play it, killed itself after like two hours of it. Oh my god! It just like wouldn't play it anymore. <laughs> just like dental turned plan. off. That's so random. It's a, it's a spiritual experience for him. You're going to have to ask him yourself. I guess so. Um, okay, so... Uh, remains of the day, Pounds of Lonely, <laughs> and Shiny Teeth. Yeah, Remains of the Day is pretty good. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I, I love them all on their own merits, and I wouldn't mind listening to anyone out of context. I think 300 Pounds of Lonely is objectively not as good as it's, you know, the meta humor there. Sure. It's still a fine song, but and it it's, fits its It's no setting. Jackie Chan theme song. It's no Jackie Chan theme song, which if we had done that yet, this would be the song. <laughs> of course. Um, Remains of the Day, also fantastic visual humor. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the wide range, the wide spectrum that they get for, for, for music in that movie is just fantastic. But... You, you yeah. can't fight the tide on this one. Shiny Teeth in Me is just... It's just, it's it's the Xanatoths of cartoon songs. It just, oh yeah. My shiny teeth so awesome, just like a favorite song. My shiny teeth that blossom, so they grow to be real strong. My shiny teeth, I love them, and they all love me. Why should I talk to you when I've got 32? Woo! Shiny teeth and me. It does. <laughs> It's just in charge. I'll just sing it, sing it to myself sometimes when I'm when I'm feeling down. When, like I, when I want to feel pumped up, I sing to myself the uh, "Row, row, fight the power" or something from the Proto Men, like "Light up the night." When I want to feel happy, I sing "Shiny Shiny Teeth in Me." It's so good. It's just the epitome of that of that uh, of that feeling. So yeah, "Shiny Teeth in make, Me." It make, is. and it makes you want to brush your teeth. Yeah, bonus. No cavity creeps here. All right, what uh, what do you got? All right, second to last category. Last one from my end. We've got something I'm so happy to talk about. Most affable villain. Oh, yes. Now, here we have the villain that is not necessarily the best at being a villain, but is the most fun to watch. He's got the most wicked charisma. It's something that I talk about basically whenever I get the chance. So we have a lot of front runners here, and I want you to pick the best one. Okay. 
First off, we got Aku. Oh, of course. <laughs> now, we talked a lot about Aku. But to recap, master of the entire universe, but he's an agent of chaos, more or less. So he doesn't really have a good grip on how to do it. He just kind of does what feels good. And then if things fall apart for him, because he's got some planning deficiency. He's the anti-Batman, if you will. Yeah. And just so silly in an entirely otherwise um, serious setting that it just it just works so well. Also, I love the mythos that we've built up around him. In what way? <laughs> this idea of he's like, you know, if you go to, you know, villains office space type of thing, he's the guy who's just, you know, oh he's yeah, he's clock- a punch card villain. He's he's a punch card villain. He's clocking out. He's got nothing else to do. <laughs> he, he he pulls pranks on the other guys at the office. He and Mega like, Man just go to a bar. He's a villain's villain. Yes, he is. Yes, he not is. because he's super evil, but no. because he would make other villains crazy. Uh, he's just yeah he he knows he knows what he's there for, and he does it, and he does it with satisfaction. Yes. Um, next up, we have a, a new favorite of mine in the term of, in in the terms of villainy. Um, we have Jack Spicer. Wanna <laughs> na. <laughs> nope, nope, that's, that is different. Um, yeah, Jack Spicer is... Never have I fallen in love with a name so much. Jack Spicer's great. And he's got, like, one of them Alex from Clockwork Orange, like, sigils around his eye. Yeah. And he's, again, a funny character in an otherwise more serious show. And he frequently just banters with this 6,000-year-old demon witch. And he's mm-hmm. evil because he he's, he thinks it's fun. It is fun. It's really he, fun. He pays more attention to it being fun than actually succeeding. Ab- absolutely affable. Oh, yeah. And, and he's got something up on Aku because he's so young. He's like, Yeah, who knows what he'll do? Yeah, exactly. And, and Not I, I like am an okay American, with, I'm okay weird. with considering him a villain as opposed to an antihero because they did not go through with that plot line of making him uh, the dragon of metal. We we know that he's the dragon of metal, right? In his it's own a way, sweet name, yeah. It, but not on it, the hero side. No, well, of course not. I mean, also, the dragon of metal is a badass name. Dragon of metal. Can we? Can we? Like, if we had a best nickname of a character, <laughs> it's got to be Dragon of Metal. That's our band name. That's a Tenacious D album. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um. And finally, last but certainly not least. The original affable villain, Long John Silver. Ooh, Long John Silver. Yeah, this guy, you know exactly why I love him. (laughs) He's playing both sides. He's based on... uh, uh, He's based on someone who's so iconic as to have lots of pirates, like, named after him to prove that they're awesome. Mm -hmm. And the way that he just undermines everyone's plans to to give himself a way out just that piracy aspect that gentleman of fortune fortune persona making your own luck that's a villain that's a good villain that is a good villain granted in treasure planet he is not as cutthroat as he is in the book so he loses a few points to that but still still one of the more still one of the more effective examples and i was always so happy to see him when he showed up you know and he's personality he's he cares about himself, and he's not like some other villains who, you know, have these grandiose plans. He's looking out for number one. He's a thief. Constantly. Yeah. 
And you know that, and you can expect that of him. Yeah, if he found, like, diamonds, he'd probably just turn around and go home. He doesn't have to kill people. No reason yeah. to, unless he's getting paid cash money. Um, But I don't think I will choose him, because if you want to be an affable villain, you got to be in it for the villainy. You know, uh, that's that's a good point. You got to And, uh, you know, special shout-out to Chuckles the Silly Piggy. <laughs> if you say so. Who, no, does it as, who does it as a hobby. Yeah, um, it's true. And... You know, shout out, you know, Aku's fine, but he does it as a day job. Jack Spicer is 24-7 in it for the glory of being a villain. He was like, yo, villainy seems sweet. Let me try it out. Yep, fits me like a glove. Time to build some robots. (laughs) He's he's Draken level of caring about his goals, but he's actually good at it. By the way, shout out to Draken. Shout out to Draken. Uh, He he regularly (laughs) takes on four super-powered kung fu warriors and occasionally beats them. Solomon Grundy featuring Draken. Also, uh, Boys in Blue. His name, his nickname is the Dragon of Metal. Yes. The so. Draken of Metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yes, absolutely the most affable villain, partly because we just love saying his name, Jack Spicer. Yes. And in case you had forgotten from three seconds ago, the winner of that one was Jack Spicer. <laughs> Dragon of Metal, Jack Spicer. Uh, so, we All are right. coming up on the end here. Um, That's right. Everyone, I want to thank you for listening along. This has been a lot of fun to talk about, but it's because this whole year has been really fun. I've yeah. had so much fun talking with you, Zane, specifically. And you and as well. And guests we've had. And, you know, if you look on our Facebook page, we've got like 50 likes. That's I don't not care. Why we're doing this. <laughs> First of all, we don't want to market, so we don't. We just wanted to t- keep in contact with each other and keep up with our favorite hobbies, and we're happy to share it with any of you who will listen. So, and we appreciate so any any feedback from those of you who do. And thank you so much just for listening. It's it's honestly flattering whenever I hear that somebody has enjoyed our work, and yeah. we'll continue doing it in the future. And thank you, Ben, because I listen to our episodes all the time, and they're hilarious. Yeah. No, we're very funny people. <laughs> Pat on the back. Uh, all right. So, all right. Well, the dogs are barking, so. Yes. Let's, <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, looks like everyone's getting out those blue bags, turning them inside out. It looks like they're, <laughs> they're, they're, breaking, uh, they're breaking set. No, Astro, no. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, so let's just do a quick rundown, I guess, of uh, our victors so far. Yes. Uh, for most unrealistic setting, it was case closed. Yes, <laughs> courtesy of Richard Moore. Um, for best episode intro, that is our best episode intro, Batman Beyond. June 9th. It seems <laughs> to have gone very well. I'm going to bed now. Uh, for best concept, worst execution, we have Generator Rex. Yep, the show that it's that that's as bad as its name is good. <laughs> Um, for top protagonist, one the one we like best, our winner is Darkwing Duck, whom got dangerous. He got dangerous. He's the terror. He's the battery that jumps out of your remote control. Mm-hmm. He's the Skype connection that stops working. <laughs> Marvelous. Uh, for which protagonist would win in a fight, we have Goliath. Uh, presumably they fight at night. I, I should hope so. That would be a really boring fight. <laughs> Everyone's just breaking their weapons on his stone body. I gotta time this just right so that I fall on him while I'm, while I'm a rock. 
for uh, most surprising, f- surprisingly fun show to talk about. We have King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, which just has never, never gone away from our minds. Oh, it lives so on in our hearts and soul. It it makes me want to pick wildly unknown shows and ride time lightning. Yes, for the most uh, for the best Batman, we have Roger Smith. Dashing with the ladies, dashing the men. Showtime. Uh, for hardest show to talk about, we have awarded awarded the the uh, the, the award. For hardest show to talk about, we have Cromartie <laughs> High School. I mean, we would have to choose something. There's no point getting beaten up about it just because it wasn't your favorite show. What, you think you're so special? It doesn't have to be my choice, but it should be representative of everyone's opinions. And that's how democracy works. And if you don't agree with it, well, maybe you just need to move. Um, our best hero and villain matchup is Samurai Jack and Aku. Samurai, Samurai. Aku! <laughs> For fastest show to get sick of watching, Garfield and Friends. Garfield, fine. Friends, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, that queers the beer. Like, <laughs> that's, that, that's the problem with Garfield and Friends, is the friends. I expected this from you, Garfield, but your friends... But the friends! <laughs> <laughs> but and friends. <laughs> but and friends! <laughs> um, the best song, not just that we've covered, but possibly of all time, Shiny Teeth and Me. It's always there for when you're feeling lonely, sad as you can be. He's got really shiny teeth. He's got really shiny teeth. Uh... And for most affable villain, we have chosen Jack Spicer, the Dragon of Metal. Just let that sink in again. Jack Spicer, the Dragon of Metal. Excellent. All right, and Zane. so it comes to our nominees for best show. So this works a little to you, different, and it is down to me. <laughs> Thanks. Never go against a Sicilian when a de- when death is on the line. Great. That mm-hmm. is the best show. Um, Princess Bride gets our best show. Good night, everyone. Best We're in good. show. <laughs> best in show. Yeah, this is actually, we should call it best in show. I got a chance to, to watch it. Do we have a dog with... theme now? I, uh, next year's we... dog theme. <laughs> okay, next year we do dog theme. Um, Dogs and eggs and eggs and dogs. <laughs> Zane, I, I'm really tired today. I had the uh, chance to watch The Princess Bride with someone who had never seen it before. Oh, that must have been a fun experience. Yeah. Um... Death first. <laughs> you know who my least favorite character in that is? Who? Wesley. Yeah, come He's on. A Buttercup is close second. Buttercup's Butter, Buttercup's all right. I would have liked it if Wesley died storming the castle and Buttercup just killed Humperdinck. That would be escaped. amazing. That would be, that'd be By amazing. the way, spoilers for Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> on the Carton cast, we must give spoilers for the Princess Bride. Inigo's father killed by a six-fingered man. But honestly, if you haven't seen it already, that's your own fault. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> um, Be a person. So <laughs> I'm just best, kidding. Best in show, um, whichever dog wags the most in the next 30 seconds. Yes. Uh, w- this one works a little different. Ben and I have each picked two shows that we feel uh, were our best. Mm. And, and uh, we're going to pick from those four and reach a quorum. So I think that you should say two. I should say two. We'll switch which ones we're talking about and come to a decision. And then we banter the, the finalists. Very good. Okay. Um, which one are you, which which two do you have? So the two that I picked, um, are one we of talking them, about best show or best episode that we've done? Best episode that we've done. Oh, okay, cool. 
<laughs> I I hope that we didn't miscommunicate that. We did. Um, one second. <laughs> <laughs> Safari Joe does it again. He really does. He super does. All right. Um, I have. I have my picks. So, um, the two that I picked, one of them I knew immediately was going to be a great episode because it's a great show. We had plenty to talk about. Incredible music. Uh, case closed. Yes. Um, Man, one of the best characters in our entire Carton catalog. Richard Moore. Yes. Not the main character, but the nope. best. By virtue of being able to hold his own against Mega Man in a drinking match. <laughs> um, you know, this Drunk show kinda, Mega Man is so sweet. <laughs> this show has so much to offer. You know, it, it, we've talked before about some of the shows that are exactly the same each time and they're really bad. This one's pretty consistent, but it's really good because, like any, I mean, every detective story is the same. Sure. The butler did it. <laughs> um, but you have these characters who have dynamic interactions you meet new people they introduce them really well and I just love the way we talked about it like talking about the crime dungeon and the fact <laughs> the, that Richard Moore is from something out of space and that the protagonist is such a cock salad <laughs> it's incredible he's so rough and that that was a great show to talk about. No arguments here. And the, all the music you threw in. And I love throwing in the music and having you say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Let's move on. That happens, <laughs> happens over and over again. I have a very bad memory for... I have a very uh, bad ear. Yeah, that that had, I love being able to cut in music from a show into our episode. Oh, yeah. And By that the way, was listeners, funny. that's for us, not for you. <laughs> yeah. I just right. keep listening to 300 Pounds of Lonely. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably expect it somewhere in here. All right, I choose for our best, one of our best episodes, Ah, Real Monsters. Ooh. Now, this one was both very interestingly, like, from a uh, from a cosmological standpoint, like, the narrative of it was very revealing. A yeah. monster world, it was the first take on the horror genre, so we got to really talk a lot about that. And we got to talk about it with our resident horror expert, such as it is, Dan Caves. And I really liked our discussion of the horror genre in general and the parallels we drew between that and porn. I forgot about that, but uh, thanks for bringing <laughs> and, that up. <laughs> and also your autobiographical experience of being in a haunted house. That thing was great. I can't wait for that to happen. Maybe we should have an, we should have Dan Caves on back next Halloween and I can tell you how the crime dungeon went this <laughs> next time. That'll be great. Um, yeah. yeah, and so I, also, I also love uh, the little opportunity we had that one little music break in the middle of the episode mm. uh, because we went to go eat or do whatever. Yeah. Uh, and it tied in narratively right where we were talking about, where we were talking about, uh, you know, in Final Fantasy, you go to sleep and you just die. Yeah. And then like some some bed music and then throwing up and laughing. It was, yeah. That was a good edit, Zane. And then, and then when we came back and talked about gray water, which I still <laughs> think is an amazing line. line. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite thing that Dan Cage has ever said. Um. Just the way he, like, struggled for a concept and picked the absolute best thing he could have said. <laughs> um, my other pick is also a Dan Caves original, Ooh. Corpse Bride, which yeah. um, I spent a ton of time editing that one, um, and I have kind of a an interesting uh, connection to it because it was the one that I, I like, re we released it, like, the day 
before or day after I actually got engaged. Oh, yeah. Which was neat. Congratulations, Zane. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I listened through Corpse Bride, and there's just never a point where we're not laughing. Like, we're just having... <laughs> We're having the best time, and it makes me appreciate what we say uh, going yeah. on about how much of a, you know, weird protagonist this guy is that we're not really rooting for, and how this just one-dimensional the villain is, <laughs> and all the great, like, body puns. There's there's just so much, listening back, it's so much fun every time. It really is. It's really great. And I'm glad we got a movie in there. For my and, of course, day. Dan Caves, who, yeah. you know, had... G- great insight and made fun of it just as well and gave us the concept of a blunderbuss wedding <laughs> i believe this is where he achieved honorary carton caster status and that's the other thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, like and it should tell you that two of our favorite episodes have an outsider that's what we call them sorry dan caves mm-hmm. um joining us on the show and that should be news to you if you want to come on the show, like we're more than happy to have you. Just make sure you got something to talk about ahead of time. Let us know so we can we can plan accordingly, and we'll we'll have a great time. Mm-hmm. And my last show that I want to uh, pimp for our best episode is something we haven't talked about yet: Hamtaro. Oh, which this was an Hamtaro. early one, but a goody one. Like, it was a good one. <laughs> started off with a great intro that made you super uncomfortable. We just talked about how great boss was as a character and the degree with which we had to a children's show a children's anime i think i think this was one of our better ones in our in our first 10 it it definitely it definitely was and i also love that we were able to still maintain that sort of conspiracy theory angle uh, when we talked about the <laughs> hamster communist revolution, yes, <laughs> uh, we had hamster just training them on the side. We had hamster facts. We got hungry and distracted. Yep. Um, <laughs> and we have ever since then referred to things, uh, you know, one-dimensional characters as adjective hamsters. That's true. So really, a, a great gain for the Carton cast as a whole. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so Zane, you pick your favorite from Hamtaro and Aureal Monsters, and I will pick my favorite from... Uh, Corpse Ride Case Closed. Corpse Ride and Case Closed, very well. Okay, so <clears throat> I think I do have to go with Hamtaro. Mm. Um, it's Hamtaro time, it's the year of the Hamtaro. It's the year of the hamster? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Um <laughs> I'm realizing that we also used the uh, the new vernacular of having a Laura Haruna body in case like the characters <laughs> look like they're gonna fall over. Um, I think I referenced Travis e- e- earlier in the in the episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we we watched some uh, some YouTubes of some guy playing hamster games. There, there's. It's not only that that episode was good; it's that there was so much that was good that we really weren't expecting. That, that was probably one of our more surprisingly fun ones. I, I thought agree. we would have fun, but I didn't think we would have fun in a genuinely... We genuinely would like the show. And what a palate cleanser from Sheep in the Big City that was. <laughs> we needed that. We needed a win, coach. <laughs> uh, what's Put your pick? In, boss. From the two that you gave me, I gotta go with Corpse Bride. Yeah. Now, I do it... love Case Closed, and I loved talking about it. 
But there yeah. were some blank spots on there that we just simply didn't have in Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride, also uh, the music, you know, as as makes sense in a movie, it was spread out yes. a bit better and, and also really top-notch. Because it's really not our usual flow and we really do put a lot more effort into the movie segments. Yeah. But this was a really good episode even <laughs> so. So I'm going to got to I, I got to give it to uh Corpse Bride. All right. Now of um, those two. Of those two. Our finalists for best episode that we've done so far. We've got Hamtaro and Corpse Bride. And listener, if you disagree, too bad. We don't care. Not your episode. Yeah. Our episode. Get your own podcast Our about podcast. dogs. Yeah. <laughs> dog. Talk about dogs. The dog, the dog toncast. Dog eggs. <laughs> Do dog, dogs don't lay eggs, Ben? I'm gonna go with dog eggs. <laughs> so I believe that of those two, I have to throw in my vote for Corpse Bride. Interesting. Um, they both had, you know, this underbelly of weird world building. Uh, in Hamtaro, it was this idea of communism that we kind of threw at them. Mm. Uh, but in Corpse Bride, it was this idea that we hit upon, like, nobody understands how the underworld works, <laughs> and they subvert how it works in the last few minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Um, That's true. Like, oh, I didn't care for the ending quite as much as you seem to. Well, I, I, I enjoyed the ending of us talking about it, and I enjoyed every new scene that we talked about, we started off laughing. It's true. <laughs> also, we talked about them out of order, and it was really hard to edit. So <laughs> I feel I feel very proud anytime I go through listening you to that. Excellent job. Thank you. I do like Corpse Bride quite a bit. I think I got to give the edge to Hamtaro. Hmm. Simply because, and this might be a cheap shot, but I think it's important to award it to Hamtaro because it was us in our normal element at the peak of our game. Mm. We do episodes like that all the time. Cartoon, we break it down, we find something weird about it, we gush over one character, we say some stuff about our lives, like how they relate to Amsterdam or whatever. We say how cute the characters are if we like them. And then, uh, you know, I, I think we just really, we really killed it that episode. And I use it sort of as a measure for how good we can do. And you can't really do that with Chorus Bride because the, the cards are already stacked so heavily in our favor. Mm-hmm. So that's why I want to give it to Hamtaro. I think we were we were killing it. And uh, boss, you know? <laughs> oh, boss, is, boss is boss. So what do you think? You willing um, to budge on that one? I'm trying to think. Um, I do remember some, you know, we were still trying to figure out at the time how to do a bootlegged well where, uh, you know, not spending too much time on the characters or the stuff. And then we, we got a little bogged down in the beginning and the end. Yes. Um, Hamtaro, <laughs> I, I, I hesitate because the audio quality still was not great. It was pretty good for that episode. It was. It wasn't terrible. Like the next two episodes were pretty bad. But I don't know if I feel comfortable budging on it. Okay. Well, listener. Tell you what. You decide. Let's 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 start up. Let's start to applause because we have our prom king and queen. We have <laughs> our two. We have our two finalists in this dog show. Um, Hamtaro, the Labrador Retriever uh, of Hamtaro, and, and the dead dog. And the dead dog scraps, <laughs> scraps of, of Corpse Bride. You know what? I think these are two excellent examples of our of how good our work can be. One, 
when we have the constraints of our normal normal flow, Hamtaro, and when we pull out all the stops, we invite characters on, we do a movie, and we're in our in our best form. So I think these deserved these these both deserve our top spot. I feel comfortable with that. Uh listener, we will not always do that sort of everybody gets the trophy. Gotcha. Marvel, yep. <laughs> you know, oh, why were we fighting Spider-Man? I don't I don't know. Why were we fighting Iron Man? Uh, <laughs> let's who would win in a fight? It doesn't matter. Let's go fight him. Who would you grab in a cliff grab scenario, Spider-Man or Iron Man? <laughs> ben, Spider-Man can say They can both save themselves. Why am I on a cliff? <laughs> who would you throw into a pit? Iron Man or Spider-Man? <laughs> Depends. Did Iron Man leave me money in his will? Is it Peter pa- is it is it Toby Maguire doughiness? Oh. Um, yes. So, excellent. Cool. Uh, thank you for sticking with us through this fabulous award show. Yep. Zing, have fun editing that. That'll be a real treat. <laughs> it will. Luckily, you already have most of the songs from earlier. Um, so, what do they have on the doggy dish for next time, yeah. Ben? <laughs> you know, someone someone realized that the eggs were going to go bad, but didn't have enough to make an omelet, so they just cracked one into the dog bowl and uh, <laughs> threw, the, threw the carton out. And in that dog bowl, <laughs> the yolk <laughs> spells out, hey, Arnold. Because uh, we've done a lot of special features lately. I want to get back to form. And how better to get back to form with a Nicktoon we both like and respect in its weirdness. And I, I haven't watched it yet, but um, you know, I've been looking at some internet love for it. Yeah. Everyone seems to want to make this show as dark as we used to want to make every show so yeah so i'm i'm really a love letter to us (laughs) (laughs) really is yeah and after that um i was also interested in doing a classic but maybe not a classic that that we've seen a bunch but Hmm. a classic that everyone has heard of even if they haven't seen it and it's from a bit older so uh i want us to watch inspector gadget nice do 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 and and he has a dog, right? Yep, brain, brain, correct. So uh, uh, and oh. there's a cat. Yeah, Car- as it turns out, cat is the evil one. Carton Inspector Gadget was ahead cats. of its time. What? Carton cats. <laughs> Not yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's next year. Le- leave it alone. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, I think we should stick with our egg theme. I'm yeah. Just, I'm too enamored. Isn't it funny how we? made up an egg theme because we were too lazy to come up with a better theme and it turned out to be one of our most unqualified wins in the whole podcast people think uh, it's so funny whenever i bring up the fact that it's egg themed yeah <laughs> and and they always expect some ulterior motive no nope, there just is eggs. none it's just eggs <laughs> why can't it just be eggs though steve the egg was just an egg mm-hmm. how do you how do you wear pants when you get got no legs i will never know Woke up next to sausages. So, listener, try not to wake up next to sausages and join us for Hey Arnold. Yeah, it's take, been a take great care year. of yourself. It's been a great year, and... Uh, I've had a lot of fun. I hope you all have, too. Yeah. And if you want to continue having fun, um, you know, send us a comment, like us on Facebook, uh, write a review, and uh, just tell us what you think. Tell your friends about the show if they are interested in cartoons, eggs, uh, dogs. dogs, or the Dragon of Metal. Until next time, uh, always remember this one important thing. Safari Joe does it again. Old Godzilla was.
was hopping around Tokyo City like a big playground When suddenly Batman burst from the shade And hit Godzilla with a bat grenade Godzilla got pissed and began to attack But didn't expect to be blocked by Shaq Who proceeded to open up a can of Shaq through When Eric Carter came out of the blue And he started beating up Shaquille O'Neal Then they both got flattened by the Batmobile But before we could make it back to the Batcave Abraham Lincoln popped out of his grave And took a naked 47 out from under his hat Blew Batman away with a rat-a-tat-tat But he ran out of bullets and he ran away Because often this crime came to save the day This is the ultimate showdown Ultimate destiny Goodbyes, bad guys, and explosions As far as the eye can see And only one will survive I wonder who it will be This is the ultimate showdown Ultimate destiny